0: Good morning. Good morning. Glad to see everybody out on this bright, beautiful day. Hopefully, this is a trend of something to come that comes will stay with us. But we want to enjoy it while we can. So, uh, I guess uh, the uh, announcement you brought on the Holy Week services. Uh, I'm still working on the singers for each night. Uh, services will start at 6:30 at each location, and uh, we'll have more singing details later so I get people lined up. Uh, sunrise service. What time do y'all have it?
1: Seven.
0: Okay. Because I'll, I'll be here this year. Last year I was at Pleasant Hill. This year it's my turn to be here. So seven o'clock. Okay. So. Uh, I wasn't sure just what time you had it. Uh, I guess that's all other than what was in the bulletin that I need to uh, bring up. Uh, I will tell you a little bit. I told you I thought we would have some information on the redistricting. Well, we pretty much wasted three hours in the uh, meeting because we didn't learn anything. They talked about 30 minutes on why they were having to resize or downsize, uh, the conference budget is 10% below what they need. So they are across the board canceling 10% of all of their expenditures. So uh, that's one of the reasons. Then they got into the idea that uh, the number of churches are dwindling. Uh, I believe it said at one time there was 1,400 churches in the hosting conference, now they're down to about 900 and something. And some of the reasons was because of the two uh, growth areas uh, in, in and around Knoxville and Chattanooga was sort of consuming or bringing in some of the smaller churches and causing the uh, reduction in the number of churches. And also the uh, transportation is improving. Back in the 1900s, everybody just went by horseback or buggy. Now that they can drive 10, 15 miles to church or whatever. So uh, those were two of the reasons they gave for uh, having to take this action. They first had said, they thought it would size from 12 to 6. The map they had was showing 7 districts. From what it looked like, we are on the edge. And I couldn't, the map wasn't very clear. So uh, don't really know. We do know this, whatever plan to go to will not be acted on this annual conference. It will more than likely be next year. So uh, they're still in the stage of studying and looking at what needs to be done and I guess the most feasible practical way to do it so that's all we found out so that's all I have to report back to you uh, today and who's singing on the this mu- uh, march Mountain her name? Mountain Grace yeah. Mount and Grace, okay uh So March. No, we don't have I think we don't have church on that weekend. Well, we we oh in for March, and then we didn't have one don't have in March. So we can canceled them for March and put them. In. Okay, so the same the same will be in April.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Right. <coughs> okay, I'll just uh, make a note of that. As we go to the northern priors, we prepare our services. Who do we need to lift up? course, several names on our prior concern list here. Uh, Brenda called me yesterday and uh, said she'd hoped to be here today, but she wasn't sure. Her uh, blood pressure was, I guess the top part was over 200, and the bottom part was up into the high 90s. And her neck was hurting her and everything, so she was sort of hoping to be here, but uh, that wasn't for sure. So uh, apparently she wasn't able to make it, so let's remember Brenda. Also, I guess uh, Thursday, I think Thursday, I got a phone call from Bonnie Cook. She's got breast cancer, and (coughs) we need to remember her and her prayers. She wants me to come by this Wednesday and give her communion and uh, anointing, and I'm going to be doing that. So let's remember Bonnie and Peggy also uh, as they go through this uh, days ahead. I believe she said she'll get her Tuesday, probably get her biopsy reports back for sure, but they're, I reckon, sure that there is some cancer there. Gail's sister, uh, the mammogram showed some concern. They did a biopsy. The doctor missed the point he was supposed to go to, and they will have to redo it. But they're, again, sure that there's some uh, cancer there in the, her breast too. So let's remember, that's Kathy Ridley, that's Gail's sister. Are there others who need to uh, lift up today? Yes, we do. Uh, and uh, I'm thankful Dave's tests were all good. Well, good. So far, all good. Glad that Dave would come through with his test and uh, didn't have any problems or any concern to be uh, worried about. <clears throat> Others? I
1: remember mom and hand man in my family, and the Rick Wallace family. Rick Wallace.
0: Wallace, okay. Others? She
1: wants the church to remember her friend who's having her talk. Do
0: you know her name? Uh, What's
1: her name?
0: Hallie. 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 Okay. Uh, Tom's elected me here. At the, we'll do that. Others? Any unspoken? Let's go to the Lord and pray. Father, as we gather again on this Sunday in your sanctuary and as we come with one specific reason, and that's to worship you and your son, Jesus Christ, to praise him and thank him for this past week, all the blessings he has given to us, not only this week, but all the blessings he has given to us in our life, and also for the blessings that he still has in store for each one of us. Father, we look to him each day to lead and guide us down that pathway that will keep us doing and living the life that would be in service to him that would be influential to those that we come in contact with. That those who don't know your son would, by just coming in contact with us and noticing and observing how we live our life and the things that are important to us, that they would want to also have that to be their way of life. And by our words, deeds, and actions, we could bring someone to know your son, Jesus Christ, as their Lord and Savior. Father, just help us as we go this way, serving you, doing all we can to bring others to know you and to share with them the joys and goodness of knowing Jesus Christ as a part of our life each day. Bless this church and this congregation, Father, as we reach out to this community and service the needs, showing to those the love and compassion that you have for them, that this congregation shares also with their Needs and their concerns, and our willingness to help them overcome whatever may be bringing them down. Father, we pray for our youth, the future of this church. Bless them, bless the ones who work with them, who teach, lead, and guide them. And, Father, as we continue this season of the 40 days of Lent leading up to Easter. And as we go into our week of Holy Week services, that this will be a blessing. This will be an opportunity to take to these different communities, an opportunity to serve you, to come out and worship and praise you in their way, So Father, bless this week of services, those who will be speaking, those who will be taking the ministry through music and their talents, and then as we come together on Easter morning to celebrate the resurrection that your Son brings to us, victory over death. Victory over the grave. Let us shout. Shout to the highest heaven. Our praises. Our thanks. For your son and you. And for what you have done for each one of us. Now Father go with us through the remainder of this service this day. Bring us back into your house again at the next appointed time. Is our prayer today as we give all the praise and honor and glory to you and your son for everything you have done for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If our ushers will come forward this time, we will receive our morning tithes and offerings. Father, as we again receive this blessing in your son's name, may it be used to help someone in need today. As you have helped us, may we now return that help to someone in need, and may they come to know your son cares and loves them, as well as this congregation. So Father, we receive this offering again in your son's name. Give him thanks for every blessing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The one thing I did mention is what's the latest on our survey on the. It's complete. Huh? It's complete. Complete. Okay, so we're ready to start digging. It's not a place to dig. oh. I didn't know what the. I knew, I, I guess the last I'd heard that they thought the thing was completed, I had not heard any more on that. So that's good, good news. So we're closer than we were. So. Okay. Today, I titled my sermon, message, Blessed Are the Hungry. And I want to read to you from the 21st chapter of John, uh, verses 15, 16, and 17, which says So when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, Lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith unto him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, Lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. And Jesus said unto him, feed my sheep. The word of God for the people of God. And may God add his blessing to the reading of his word. What was Jesus saying to Peter? Ask him three times. That tells me that this must have been a very important question or a very important thing that Peter had to do or was expected to do. If you love me, feed my sheep, tend my sheep, feed my lambs. So in a way, what he is telling Peter here, he's telling us today. If you love me, if you love me. If you love me, show me. Show me you love me. How do I show you? You can show by how you treat people, by how you react to certain situations, by the talk you handle, Are all of your responses, all of your actions in this regard, are they Christian-like or are they worldly-like? We talk time and time again, the way we react, the way we do things, shows people so much about not only us, but if we claim that we are living for Christ, if we are serving Him, Are we letting him down by our behavior, by our actions? So Peter, Christian, if you love me, show me you love me. Show me in actions and deeds. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed to let people know where you get your strength where you get your sustenance from so do you love me Peter of course Peter answered yes we all do we all love Jesus Christ but it's our responsibility to show it by how we do and how we respect people and how we respond to their their needs As well as our needs. So. What are. These people looking for. Why why would I title this message. Blessed are the hungry. What are they hungry for. Jesus told. His people. His disciples. That he would confront. The hunger. Was he talking about a physical hunger? A physical food that would feed them? We're familiar with the manna that come from heaven to uh, take care of his people as they were wandering for all these years. Or was he talking about a spiritual hunger? And that's where I want to go today is I want to look at the aspect of the spiritual hunger that the people are seeking today. Growing day by day, the void is getting deeper and deeper. More and more people are seeking in their belief, in their faith. More and more people are drifting from Christ to grasp the things of this secular world. So there is a spiritual hunger that's out there. There is a great need for us, the church, Christians. Do your job. Do what do what you made a vow to God you would do. Remember he told his disciples to go into all parts of the world preaching and baptizing in the name of Jesus Christ. That was his disciples he was talking to. Well, who are we? We're his disciples. That same message goes out to each one of us today. And we carry a great responsibility. If we're not doing If we're not committing ourselves to do what we made a promise to God, we would do when we come to the altar or wherever, wherever we come to accept Jesus Christ. We made a vow, we made a promise that we would do all we could to go out to confront these people that are seeking, that are hungering, thirsting. To do all we could to bring them into the fold. Feed my sheep. Tend my sheep. That was the words of Jesus Christ. Just as true today as it was when he was talking to Peter 2,000 years ago. Nothing has changed. We still hold. We still have that same responsibility. We still have that same task before us. Take the word of God where it needs to be taken. Don't be ashamed of it. One of the greatest things, in my opinion, that people are needing today, that they are hungering and thirsting for, is to hear the good news. You know, we we refer to God's word as the good news. What better news could you think of than? is contained here in this book. So, this is the message, this is the need that they are waiting to hear. And it's our responsibility to take it to them. We have a shortcoming that is existing today. We have churches that are not as effective as they should be. Because we have, sad to say, we have pastors, and I can't think of the guy, maybe, is it Rick Warren? I think he had a book out I saw where it says, there are other ways that you can get to heaven. What kind of a church, what kind of a pastor would tell people that. When God's word says, no one comes to the Father except through me. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus Christ. There is no other way. I don't care what these new age movements, what these cults may tell their people. And they're telling them everything they want to hear. God says there's only one way. And if you're following a different way, you're you're lost. You're on your way to hell. That's a simple way to say it. If you're not going through Jesus Christ, you don't have any hope of ever seeing heaven. So we need to wake up. We need to open our eyes and clean out our ears and, and hear what God wants to tell us. We're drifting away. We're, we're going the wrong way. It's time to come back. Return to the things that we grew up. The things that your parents and grandparents the things that the church has taught them. The things that they believe in. The things that the young people today are not hearing because they're not in church. Where they need to be. Where they're not going to ever get to hear the word of God. Because they do everything they can. They come up with every excuse they can to stay out of church on Sunday mornings. Or Wednesday nights or Whenever. How are they ever going to hear what God has to say to them if they're not where God is being preached, God is being practiced, and God is on exhibit by your actions, your deeds, your words? It's a situation we need to change around. One of my favorite hymns in the church hymnal is number 156. It says, which is titled, I Love to Tell the Story. And what better story is there to tell than to be able to tell people what God has done for you, for me, what He can do for them, One of the lines says I love to tell a story because people are hungering and thirsting to hear it like the rest. They're they're hungry for the word of God. There's a need for the word of God to be preached and teached. It's our responsibility to do it. Not to wait on these new age groups, these cults, and these people who are doing everything they can to put Christ down. Another line goes on to say, I love to tell a story because some have never heard God's plan of salvation from God's own holy word. Sure, because they're never in church to hear it. That's why they've never heard God's plan of salvation. How simple it is. How easy it is. A lot of people think it's so difficult. It's such a hard life to live. To, they, they, they think, I guess they're tying it back to the way it was back in the Old Testament. When you had all these rituals and all these cleansings and all these things that you had to do every day. They don't realize how simple Christ dying on the cross made their salvation for them. And they will never, never know it if they don't come to church or if we don't take the church to them. That's the alternative. You know, the old saying, if if Mohammed won't go to the mountain?" Bring the mountain to Mohammed. So that's what we have to do. If they don't come to church, we take the church to them. We, we let them know just what God has in store for them. So, yes, it is a great responsibility that we have to take, to take the word of God to them. To take to them what they are hungering for. The spiritual hunger. Remember when Jesus was tempted out in the desert? His words was, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. That's the spiritual. That's the spiritual food that we are taking to them. That's the spiritual food that we are telling them about. John 6 verse 35 says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger and shall never thirst. Remember the woman at the well. He told her, I give to you living water. Drink this water and you'll thirst no more. And that's what God is offering to us. That is the spiritual part of Christ that we are to take to the people. So if we are to go out taking the word of God as we go, how do we how do we do it if we're to be effective? Well the very first thing we have to be what I say straightforward with it. Tell them the truth. Don't try to sugarcoat anything because if you do, you're going to get yourself in deeper and deeper trouble. Tell them the truth. Be honest. Straightforward. Now, this may not be what they want to hear. But if we're concerned for them, we need to tell them what they need to hear not what they want to hear. And if we tell them what they need to hear, and if we step on their toes, then it will be worth it. If we could save that person from going to hell, wouldn't it be worth it? So don't try to hide, or don't try to be something that you're not. And I... And I have heard people tell me that they hesitate to going out to talk to people because they're so afraid that they may be asked a question that they don't really know the answer to. How many questions do you think I've been asked I have no idea what the question and the answer was? Remember when we were in school, all the questions we didn't have the answers to then? But I do this. If somebody asks me a question that I'm not sure of, I may tell them my opinion, but don't bank on them. I'm not sure that's exactly what you want to hear. But I do make this promise to them. I'll find out I'll ask somebody that's smarter than I am. I'll ask somebody that hopefully will know the answer and I'll get back to you. Don't leave them hanging, wondering, and questioning what the answer is. Be honest with them. Be straightforward. In the end run, they will respect you more even if you do take them off at the very onset. They'll get over it. They will appreciate the fact that you are interested, you are concerned about them, that you are willing to tell them just what they want to hear. Now, yes, in this approach, you may lose a few so-called friends, you may have some people that sort of start leaving you out of some of the activities that you were doing. Activities as a Christian you shouldn't be doing anyway. But my my thought on that is if they desert you, if they leave you over you being honest with them, your concern for them, if they omit you from all of their activities were they the friends you really need were they leading you down the wrong road would you be better off without them with friends like that who needs that so be honest people in the end will appreciate more than if you try to just sort of skirt the issue and not give them a basic idea or a basic answer. Having said this, we as a church, as a pastor, as a Christian, we have a big responsibility on our shoulders. But it's a responsibility that we took. We accepted. We didn't go into it blindly. We, we knew what we were doing. We knew what we were wanting. And we willingly agreed. To do all we could. To bring these people to know Jesus Christ. You know. I may have told you this a long time ago when I first came here. One of the churches, early churches, one of the lay speakers, in his message, made this statement that as a Christian, he wanted his family to go to heaven. Well, don't we all? And not that what we're all Serving God for? Isn't that why we're all here today? We want our family to be with us in heaven forever. But he went on to say, if I'm a Christian, I want my friends to be there with me. I want my friends to go. Sounds reasonable, doesn't it? But he also said, and if I'm a Christian... I want my enemies, yes, I want my enemies to go. I don't want any of my enemies to suffer through the torment of hell forever. I want them to be there with me. And that's the hard part sometimes for us, is to find the willingness to try to get our enemies If we have enemies, sometimes we think we've got enemies when they're really not our enemies. It's all in our minds. But if we are really committed to Christ, if we're really concerned about the people, we don't want to see anyone suffer. Christ's desire is for everybody to be with him forever in heaven. Now, we know that's not going to happen. We know that's unrealistic. But that's what Christ's desire is. For each one of us to be there with him, our family and our friends, to share the joy, the beauty that God has prepared for each one of his children. And so today as we go out into this world and we confront those who are hungering and thirsting for the spiritual answers that we have to give to them, this is your commitment to do all you can. If you could change one person, wouldn't it be worth it? Just one person hoping that that one person could start a domino effect toward they would change others. They could influence others. Wouldn't this be a better world to live in? We didn't have all this hatred and everything going on, this greed and everything. We know the day's coming when it's going to be that way when Christ returns and sets up his kingdom. But wouldn't it be wonderful to know until that day happens we could see a mellowing of all of the hostilities and the hatred. We see people loving and caring more for people. That's what they're hungering and thirsting for. And we're the ones who has the answers for them. So it's up to us to carry out our responsibility, to carry out the commitment that we made when we come to know Jesus Christ. When we come to accept Jesus Christ, that's what we said we would do. That's what we need to do. So if we sing our invitation hymn him today, the altar... Anytime we close a service, the altar is always open. If you have any need whatsoever, anything that you need to talk to God about, he's here waiting and willing. It's up to you. As we sing. Turn to page 81. Thank you today that we have your son that we can come to whenever and whatever the burden that we are carrying may be, that he has the answer for us, that he hears and answers according to his will. So, Father, we're just thankful that we know your son Jesus Christ today is our Lord and Savior, and that he is living. Each day, in each one of us, bless the ones that we have mentioned today who are suffering with sickness and health problems, other things in their life that's just making things difficult for them. May they come to you, Father, for the answer. We thank this church that you are continuing to bless the congregation, help us to reach out and to be your voice, your shining light in this community that we can bring more and more into the association with this church. Father, we ask that as we prepare now for our Easter celebration and Holy Week services that this will be a time to bring people to know you in a way that they so far have shunned and have no need in their life, or so they think. So, Father, just continue to bless each one here today. And as we leave and go our separate ways to our own homes, go with us, continue to bless each one. Bring us back next Sunday into your service as our prayer today. In Jesus' name we pray amen it's <laughs> going I read about I see. You must the park, you know? i I'll make see you back here. How's that really stand
1: <tremor-stage> <Okay>. Thank you. What's yeah. nice, good. Okay. Nice Thank you. we yeah, got a Yeah, yes. yes. see you